SummerSlam 2023 Detroit Rock City. I was there. I'm going to go ahead and give you the in-person breakdown coming up. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Seth Grimes, and welcome to my SummerSlam 2023 in-person review. I was there. I was in Detroit, Michigan, live for this event, and I am still tired and exhausted, but I'm here to go over the entire event, give you my review of SummerSlam, but from an in-person perspective, I have not seen the event back yet or even watched any reviews. I started watching one from the Solo Monster. I got into partly into the Cody match, Cody Brock. <clears throat> Other than that, I haven't seen any commentary. I haven't heard anybody talk about anything. Um, I barely even seen any Facebook posts, man. I've been busy, busy, busy going today since I woke up. But enough about my life, right? Let's get into this review. I had a fucking blast, uh, just to kind of take it from the top, I, uh, live not too far, for, and when this is just gonna be a conversation, by the way, I'm not gonna do the, uh, real official type thing, we're just gonna have a chat ski here about my time in Detroit and the matches and so on, uh, the atmosphere, if you will. And, uh, par pardon my sinuses, I had a sneezing attack before we went live here. And uh, the show must go on, so fuck yeah. But uh, yeah, I live within reasonable driving distance of Detroit. I was, last time I was there, I was in Detroit last year for Blood and Guts in AEW at Little Caesars Arena. And that was fun. Um, but other than that, I don't really go there. I had a bad experience, uh, you know, in the college years. I actually went to an insane clown posse show and my homie uh, got his car stolen. And of course, we had parked down the block, you know, a couple blocks away and somewhere where we probably shouldn't have been parking, but other people were parking there and, and that sort of thing. But his car was stolen and it was a whole fucking thing. Lucky we were there with a few other people and a couple other cars and we were able to split everybody up and squeeze people in and get everybody home. But Detroit's uh, got a bad reputation and it's not unfounded. My time there was um, shady at best. But, uh, you know, I've heard that they've revamped this downtown area where everything is and they've made it very tourist friendly and I concur. I gotta say, uh, being there, it was a booming city. At least the downtown area, right? Like where everything's within walking distance. Um, so I was able to drive, I drove there, bought my ticket last minute-ish, you know, like a week before, maybe two weeks before. But, I, you know, I thought about going to SummerSlam and I was like, eh. Tickets are expensive. I checked. You know, there were only $200 tickets available. I was like, ah, it's going to price me out. I, I love WWE, um, but I don't love it so much. There's not people on the card that I'm dying to see so bad that I'm going to spend $200 on it. <sighs> but as we got closer, I started, like, getting antsy. Like, started uh, feeling, and as a matter of fact, um, you know, I was talking to someone who... 
had kind of casually mentioned because uh, they go to concerts and stuff and she kind of casually mentioned always buy the ticket and that's just kind of her, her motto that she goes by when she was talking about uh, this particular event that she went to and with SummerSlam in the back of my mind I had kind of thought you know I'm going to regret this if I don't go always buy the ticket right the money is the money but the memories are more important in the end you know you can always get money back and uh, things are tight for some people and for some people it's really easy um but look single dad two kids homeowner you know what i'm saying like shit's tight but always buy the ticket so i looked online again and there was one for a hundred dollars just one i didn't go with anybody Sadly, I don't really, none of my friends are really huge wrestling fans. Um, and my kids don't even like wrestling. <laughs> I try, try as my, try as I may, you know. And I can bring them, um, you know, I have brought them to events before, but they don't really have a good time. And why spend $300 for tickets for the three of us to go when I could just spend $100 on one for myself. So, fast forward, I am on my way to Detroit. And I get there, find my parking garage up on the eighth floor of this bitch. But as soon as I get there, I can see wrestling fans everywhere, right? There's 50,000 wrestling fans in downtown Detroit. They're, they've taken over, you know. There's your casuals out and about. You see those two, you know, your regular Detroit hustling, bustling, but uh, the whole downtown area was taken over by wrestling fans. And this was a very lively downtown area. There was live music playing. There were bars that were, like, open, um, so you could just kind of hang out outside. There were restaurants that were open. There were the trolley bar carts that, like, drive you down the street, play music while you can just get drunk and sit at the bar. There's restaurants there's just all kinds of fun shit going on it looks like a cool hang it looks like a very cool like artsy like they put a lot of effort into hey come hang out in detroit i don't recommend going off the beaten path still detroit is still one of the most violent cities in the country and it's a big city and it's a dark dangerous dirty rundown very broken city you know it's not a myth that downtown area, all the credit in the world, man. And that's, you know, I, I shouldn't, I'm, I was going to say that's really all they need because everything's in that area. Uh, you know, I was just walking, so I walked from my focus. Goddamn camera. I walked from my parking garage. You know, I chose one. <coughs> Fuck my sinuses. That at least according to Google Maps was in the vicinity of Ford Field, right? So, um, and then uh, one of my destinations was Mom's Spaghetti, which also happened to be in walking distance of Ford Field. And that's Eminem's restaurant. For those that don't know, you know, there's, uh, his palms are sweaty, vomit on his sweater already. Mom's Spaghetti, that song from Lose Yourself, Eminem. We made Mom Spaghetti a restaurant, for those that don't know. And it's a little restaurant in Detroit, right across the street from Comerica Park, where the Detroit Tigers play, which is right by Ford Field, where the Lions play. 
Um, I could see Little Caesars Arena down the road. It was a little bit of a walk, but it was right down the road, like close enough where you can see it, you know. Uh, the Fox Theater is a famous theater in Detroit. That's right there. The Fillmore Theater is right there in Detroit. It's right there, right next to Mom's Spaghetti, as a matter of fact. So, had to try the Mom's Spaghetti. I wanted to ever since it came out. I was sad last year when I went to Detroit for uh, AEW Blood and Guts. That I didn't go then, but my buddy had that I did go with that time. I actually had a pizza place that he really wanted to try where they drop like fried eggs on top of a pizza and then there's hams, like a breakfast pizza. It was good as shit, it really was. But uh, I was craving that mom's spaghetti. Now, the mom's spaghetti itself, not bad, not bad at all, not great, not gourmet. It's not like, oh, this is the best spaghetti you'll ever have. You probably cook better. I cook better tasting spaghetti. There's no, it's kind of, I don't know if bland's the word. There's not a lot of spice to, you know, like, uh, you know, the Italian seasonings, the oregano, the basil. There's not a lot of that garlic. There's not a lot of that going on in there. It's just kind of red sauce and, and, and the thicker noodles. I actually like the thin uh, angel hair pasta better than the thicker noodles. I don't, I'm not a big noodle guy. I like noodles. I like spaghetti. Don't get me wrong. I love spaghetti. But I, I would prefer the smaller noodles to the big fat chubby. It's got the big bulky wormy motherfuckers. Um, but then the meatballs were really hearty. The sauce to noodle ratio was on point. You know, a lot of people you see, I always see like these fancy people in TV shows or whatever. They scoop like a fucking spoonful of pasta sauce on top of a plate of pasta. It's like, you're eating fucking noodles. What are you doing? Put some sauce on that shit. Sauce it up. So the sauce to rate noodle ratio was on point. There was only like three meatballs, I think, three, possibly four, but I think only three. And then they sprinkled the Parmesan cheese on top. I got a regular. You can get large for an extra $4. You can upgrade it. I was full off the regular. It looked small, and I didn't think I would be. But by the time I made it through that and a piece of garlic bread, I was full as fuck. The meatballs were nice and hearty. You know, it tasted like good quality beef. It wasn't that cheap, like, fucking... Like when you go to get like a meatball sub from Subway and you can just tell it's just low quality like Gordon food service bag of meatballs. This is not that. These were nice hearty beefy balls. And try they got bologna spaghetti. I don't know anything about that. Vegan. But as far as the beef balls, if you're going for the balls, they're nice hearty fat balls. Okay. Good set of balls in mom's spaghetti. But it's kind of, it's a little bland. You know, it's not going to be very Italian spicy. Um, it's just there. It's just spaghetti. It's serviceable spaghetti with with a probably upper par meatball. But again, no seasoning. So it's still kind of just there. But um, worth the experience, man. Just to say you went to Eminem's restaurant. To get the experience of the walk-up window. It's kind of cool. You know, hang out with wrestling fans in line. That was really fun. I recommend it if you end up in Detroit at all for any other event. If WrestleMania goes there in the future or if you're just at Little Caesars Arena for something, make the journey to Mom's Spaghetti. You'll be happy you did. Moving on, though, because you guys didn't come here for a Mom's Spaghetti review, but fuck it. This is my entire Detroit SummerSlam experience, right? So then what I did... 
Um, so then I walked in, and you just walk through. Uh, I timed it perfectly because by the time I got there, I didn't have to stand in line outside of Ford Field. I could just walk right in, essentially, is what I did. There was maybe two people in front of me. And as I walked in, you know, you walk through a beeper of metal detectors, which are outside the building. And then once you're inside, they scan your ticket on your phone. And that's it. You're in. No pat-downs, no nothing like that. I'm sure I smelled very fucking, I smelled really greasy, I'm sure. You know, sweaty. I had a headband on to absorb the sweat because I know how I do and I know how sweaty I got. And I was I was quite sweaty. It wasn't hot per se, but it was humid, thick, and just the walking around and stuff like that, you know. Got inside, had to take a leak, bad. Um... And then I filled up on a water fountain. They had a water fountain working in this fucking building. That's that's a way to not have to buy a $6 water. Though I ended up buying a $6 water anyway. $6 water. 20 ounce bottle of water. $6. God damn. The markup in these buildings. The building's beautiful. Ford Field. This facility is top notch so was uh little caesar's arena like i said just everything they're doing in detroit is fucking on point man ford field is a beautiful venue i've never actually been in a stadium i'm not a sports ball guy so i never went to that never been to a wrestlemania um i've been the biggest pay-per-view i've been to was a royal rumble but and it was in detroit but it was at the uh joe lewis arena before that's no longer around and then um, I was also at a elimination chamber in Milwaukee at the Bradley Center. But I've never been to, you know, a stadium show before for anything, really. And uh, I was kind of surprised at how, like, it's big. It's a massive building. Don't get me wrong. And when you look out into the crowd, it's it's vast. C4, by the way. Sponsor of SummerSlam. It's good shit. It's not bad. Um... But it was still very arena-like. I was kind of surprised at how much it still just kind of looked like a bigger version of, like, any other arena that I've been in. Just bigger. You know, because the floor space is obviously not anywhere near the size of a stadium. That's the big difference. And then, you know, because you get the wide floor space, you get the wide stands as well. But it's still just, like, the two tiers. And then above that, it's all your, like, VIP booths and stuff. So it wasn't like the tiers are stacked up to the heavens or anything. It was just a wider, bigger, rounder arena, essentially. Um, 50,000. Uh, I think the official is like 51,000, but they announced it at like, what, 59,000 was the attendance they announced. Um, I mean, so every single seat that was available was sold. Uh, or, you know, there wasn't like spotty empty seats or, or sections or anything. It was crammed but they did close off the entire full back wall um so there was like a you know the arena was filled on three sides essentially the wraparound but like where you would normally where they might put the stage and kind of just close off that back wall they still just closed off that back wall it was darked out no light shining on it they had a big tarp they hung over it no seating on that entire side there wasn't even a curve around literally like when the bend Hits like where it would transition into that wall, just blackness. So, uh, was not a sold out building, but.
but it was a very good attendance. You know, they could easily, I think, what WrestleMania got eighty thousand in there, didn't they? Uh, I believe they could get up to eighty-five ish in that building. Um, but the crowd was hyped, man. Lots of little kids, lots of little kids, lots of families. Really cool to see. Lots of people with their championship belts. There was. Several people dressed up, most of them as the Macho Man, too, for some reason. There was many Macho Men in the crowd. Uh, I had the great pleasure of sitting next to a gentleman dressed as Dude Love, some dirty hippie with long hair, uh, in full Dude Love garb, which was fun. And uh, then there was lots of little screaming little kids, and then there were some heel-ass fans, too. Uh, There was a couple Roman fans that were just healing on everybody, and... You know, anytime the little kids were chanting for uh, for for Jay or whatever, the the these two guys would uh, root for Roman and kind of counteract and just go heel on the kids. I used to do that too. My first couple wrestling shows, like in in my college age, because uh, I never went as a kid. My parents never took me to shit. But <clears throat> when I first started taking myself to wrestling shows. Me and my buddies would go there and we'd fuck with the younger kids. You know, we'd, we'd cheer for the heels and stuff like that, which is taboo now, right? You know, you can't even fucking, you gotta, gotta boo the bad guys like you're supposed to, like Sam Roberts always says. But I, I kind of agree with that now. Play along, man. Be part of the show. And we'll get to that. Holy shit. This crowd was hyphy. So I'm in my seat. Show starts. Uh, perfect timing, like I said. By the time I get in the building, I use the bathroom. I drink at the water fountain. I wasn't going to stand in line and get a water then, but I just decided to go sit down. By the time I sat down, that was like they were ready to start the show. You know, it was basically like blackout, and then they started playing the video. You know, and and then welcome to SummerSlam, Kid Rock, and all that shit. Kid Rock got a little heel heat in the arena or in the in the stadium. It's not everybody's favorite nowadays. I'm indifferent. I don't give a shit. But he, he was, uh, yeah, he, he got he got got a mixed reaction to say the least. People liked him. People were booing him. Um, then when the show started, Logan Paul opened the show because apparently he had to duck the fuck out to get to his brother's fight, which his brother won, by the way. I did not watch the fight, but I did get a chance to watch on YouTube. You can find, at least for now, they have highlights of the fight. And uh, it was pretty long. You know, I saw significant chunks of the fight. Looked like Jake Paul was kicking Nate's ass pretty good early on. He even dropped him once. Um... And Jake never dropped or anything like that. But towards the end of the fight, Nate Diaz was coming back. Like, you know, it looked like maybe Paul was getting tired. You know, because Paul was the superior fighter at the beginning of the fight. But as, and, and this was, I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, but as the fight went on, it looked like Nate's cardio kicked in. This was a guy the commentators pointed out swam to fucking Alcatraz, right? So this guy, and that's. Supposed to be, you're not even supposed to be able to survive in those waters. This motherfucker's cardio was on point. He was, Jake was suffering towards the end. And I actually thought Jake might have lost just based on the highlights. But when they gave the announcement, Jake Paul did win the fight. And then they panned to Logan. Logan made it to his brother's fight. He was still in his wrestling gear. 
still in his gear, not even a t-shirt on or anything. I think he was still shirtless. He had his elbow pads on and everything. And he was sporting a black eye. He had a real good fucking shiner going, too. So uh, apparently got stiffed somewhere along the way in his match with Ricochet. From my vantage point, it was hard to see the details of what was going on. And I did find myself frequently looking up at the big screen, which I'm thankful was there. But it sucks to pay money to go to a show to watch it on TV, <laughs> which is what you're doing for a lot of that. To get the facials, you know, like when guys, you know, you want to, you can't see the expressions on the people's faces. Like when Brock is, you know, reacting or Cody's grimacing or what, you, you can't get that picture from up where I was sitting. You just get to see the action. And I didn't get to see all of the intricacies of this, you know, um, you know, but they would zoom in on like Logan messing with Samantha Irving, who did great, by the way. She was, you know, selling it like a million bucks. Uh, but this was a good little fun match to get the show started. Logan Paul was a big time heel. There was really nobody cheering for Logan in the arena at all. Ricochet got a good reaction, but not like, a, oh, my God, it's Ricochet. You know, just almost more like, oh, we like this guy and it's the first match and we hate Logan Paul. So that's kind of Ricochet's reaction there. <coughs> <coughs> And then, you know, Logan won and he got the fuck out of there and we were moving on to, I mean, the match was fine. Um, I would like to see it back because uh, it looked like they took some nasty bumps out to the outside, but it's harder to tell that from up high. Um, but it was a good little acrobatic back and forth. They did some cool spots, but they didn't do as many as I would have thought they might have. Maybe saving more for down the line. Uh, but it was a serviceable match. I don't know that I'm not going to go through and do star ratings on this just because, like I said, I, I seeing it from my vantage point, there's intricacies that you would be taken into consideration of a match rating that I just couldn't judge on at this point. Um, but they moved right into Brock Lesnar and Cody fucking Rhodes. Um... They moved quick. Like you got you got no time for bathroom breaks or go to the concession stands or anything like that. When you're sitting in your seat, it's kind of like a little come on, come on, come on cuz it was very hot in there, by the way, sweating my balls off. But then uh you for like 3 minutes you'd get a blast of like this super heavy air conditioning. It felt like a giant air conditioner just blowing down on me. I looked up, it appeared to be like right above me essentially. And it would cool me off, and then I would sweat profusely again, you know, shoved between men. The seats are, it's not a lot of room, man. If you're a hefty guy, if you're a well-proportioned man, and look, I, you know, I got a gut. You know, I'm a dad bod kind of guy. I'm not slim by any means, but I wouldn't say I'm, like, fat like some of these wrestling folks that were there. But there were some big old hosses there that I don't know how these people were fitting in these seats comfortably. It just, oof, it's a long time to sit there, even for me, you know? Plus, like, I'm getting to the age now where, like, my knee starts to get stiff and stuff. Like, ugh, fuck. Um, so, anyway, Cody came out. Cody got, Brock got a decent, like, heel reaction, you know? Which surprised me because Brock's a big star, and I would have thought people would have been more excited to see him. Um, but then... And I think I've only seen Brock live once, actually. Uh, I want to 
to say he interacted with Hulk Hogan on a Raw at some point. By the way, jumping back to that Logan Paul match. When he started doing the Hulk Hogan shit, I got a lot of heat. But uh, when I was listening to the Solo Monster, when I started that review, he mentioned they're calling it the Hogan Paul. Is that is that his thing when he does the leg drop? Is that move called the Hogan Paul now? Is that that's his that's a thing he's doing? By the way, CM Punk's been doing that to get heel heat. So I don't know if Logan's kind of jacking his shit now, but uh, it works. Got heat. <clears throat> people don't seem to like Hogan very much either. Um, but pe- someone that people do like is Cody fucking Rhodes. My God, did Cody Rhodes get a mega star reaction? I'm talking girls were throwing their panties at this guy. I'm talking little kids were fucking screaming like little girls. Grown men were weeping. It wasn't that exaggerated, but it kind of was. Cody Rhodes was the most over by a mile on this show. My God. And the kids. This guy is over like Rover with the fucking kids. I can't believe how fucking hard all the kids around me were going for Cody Rhodes. And the whoa. The whoa. Like, first of all, I was very excited to do the whoa. Very excited to do the whoa. Because you got to do the whoa. I've never seen Cody Rhodes live. I've been to... Two AEW shows, maybe three. I want to say two, but it's possible three. You guys see that Skeeter flying around? I got that bastard. Look at that. Should I eat it? I'm not editing any of that out. You guys, it's just part of the part of the experience here. We're killing skeeters on live fucking it's not doesn't have any blood in it, so it didn't poke anybody yet. Good. Jesus Christ. What are we doing here? Cody Rhodes. The fans fucking ate this guy up the whoa fucking I mean everybody and you could hear you could feel them they were like everybody was getting ready and and there's a reason why when you watch it on pay-per-view and it's kind of the same with like or when you watch it on TV I was gonna say it's kind of the same with Chris Jericho right you get bored I'll use Jericho as an example you get bored with like listening to the fans sing Judas every single week and it playing out and looping and stuff and it's like okay like it's cool but I see it every single week come on now But they do it for the live fans because if you go to shows, you only get to do it in person once ever, twice maybe, but it's something you want to do. You want to sing along with Judas. Come, I'll be coming, I'll be coming. And you want to do the whoa. 
for Cody Rhodes. So they loop it three fucking times. Plus, it's a big stadium and it's a long walk or whatever. But, like, you know, when they let it go on way too long, it's because the crowd was eating that shit up. The crowd loved it. It was big. It was way over. The song was over. Cody was way over. They were in that Cody like a motherfucker. Every, like, when Brock kept fucking suplexing them everywhere, Cody, everybody, like, kids, women, grown men. And and I, I exaggerated a little bit earlier, but all of them were, come on, Cody. You can do it, Cody. Come on, Cody. People were in, it was like the old fucking trailer park shit you know where like people thought it was real come on Cody get him I was flabbergasted I was very 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 I mean you hear it on TV and and, you know you you have a pretty good idea about how over Cody is or, or people are in general Cody's a mega star and I think they made the right call when he didn't beat Roman at WrestleMania. I think people, I think by the time WrestleMania rolls around this year, people are going to be ready for Roman to go away for a little bit or at least not be the champ anymore. And Cody, my God, you know, knock on wood, he doesn't get injured or anything like that. I think the crowd's going to be behind him twice as hard as they were last time. It worked. It was smart. The long game. It's uh, It was a risky play, but it seems to be panning out because, I I mean, been to a lot of wrestling shows, and I don't know that I've experienced somebody that over in a long, long time. Um, just, just amazing. So that was really fun to see, and they had a really good match, too, from what I could tell. It was a lot of Brock throwing Cody around, but Cody just kept getting up. Brock kept trying to kick him out of the ring and and maybe get a count on or just stay down, you know what I mean? But, like, Cody kept getting up, and that seemed to be the story of the match. And then he fought back, and he overcame, and a motherfucker, man. The, The end, too, where Brock... And we all were expecting Brock to, to heal on Cody because when you do the arm raise, that's almost a dead giveaway, right? And then especially when you do it to all four corners, come on. You know, you're going to, that's going to end with an F5. But it ended with Brock, Brock's respect. And especially because Brock kind of headbutted him too a little bit. You know, when they got face to face, Brock gave him a little headbutt check, but then put his hand out. It was it was a great story. I thought it was a really fun story. It was uh, it was a story of Cody just showing how tough he is to bro- to earning Brock's respect. It was like Brock. They never really explained why Brock wanted to fight Cody. I think Brock, if I'm to put my own pieces together, Brock was just looking to pick a fight with Cody. Here's a guy that everybody likes that thinks he's a big shot around here. I'm gonna beat him up. I'm going to beat him up some more. I'm going to beat him up some more. But he keeps coming back. This motherfucker, he keeps coming back. He keeps coming back for more. I broke his arm. He's still coming back for more. What do I got to do with this guy? Okay, fine. You know what? You got my respect. You're a tough tough bastard, Cody Rhodes. I respect you. I'm going to ride off into the sunset and move on to somebody else. You, sir, 
are a gentleman. And they can always come back to that when Cody wins the world title. I think there's plenty of meat on the bone there. Now you let it breathe. But, uh, you know, once we get past WrestleMania, if Cody's the champ at that time, which he should be, then Brock's absolutely somebody they could revisit right away or even, you know, SummerSlam next year. What did they do next? I think they went to the Battle Royal. Was the Battle Royal next? And this is where I talk about they don't give you time to go pee. Because by this time, I had to take a piss again. And this being, I'm not used to this. Because you go to a, uh, like an arena show, you can kind of get in and out of the bathroom pretty quickly. But here at the stadium show, there's 50,000 people here, 51,000. It, there's a line in the bathroom. And luckily, it moved quick, especially with guys. You know, nobody washes their hands. You just fucking piss, shake it, and move on with your life. So, luckily, the line was moving fairly quickly. But, uh, man, <laughs> I missed the LA night entrance. But you heard the pop. I started the goddamn battle royal. And I was so close to getting it that if AJ Styles came out before LA night, I would have caught it. I was there for AJ Styles' entrance. AJ Styles, but I mean, you still heard it. I was in the building. I just didn't physically, I wasn't there to see it. You know what I mean? But I was, the bathrooms are right by the fucking, so you can actually still see over into the arena and hear everybody react. LA Knight got a huge pop. Second biggest of the night, I would say to Cody. Second base reaction, I would say to Cody. LA Knight's over like Rover. They were anticipating it and all the, L.A. Night, yeah. And, and and that was a very common thing, too, throughout the building. It seems to be I dropped my pen. We're chaos over here. Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. That seemed to be the big thing. Everybody was, uh, you know, everybody, like, the crowd would just randomly, you know, L.A. Night. And then, like, somebody just, some fucking fat mark would just yell l a night and then everybody else would just go yeah that was the thing that was like the fucking war chant for the for the whole show you know fans in line everywhere that was just that was the thing wrestling fans were doing at this show when they weren't watching the show you know like just out in the hallway or whatever um and then that they were invested in the battle royal because of la night Almost got a, a good heel reaction. He got a good groan. Like, it was almost like, uh-oh. We know he's going to win now because of the, the, the presentation that they gave him with MVP. Kind of, hold on, hold on. You can't. And then almost. I actually like Omos a lot uh, from his interview he did with Chris Van Vliet. Uh, he comes off as a very good dude. A humble dude, a smart dude, a well-spoken dude, and a huge wrestling fan that gets it. And uh, I actually do see reason to want to invest in this guy long-term going forward. He is an athlete. He's a basketball player. Uh, he's still kind of a shitty wrestler, but look, Giants were never great wrestlers, but they are spectacles. And you could see that, man, from way back where I was. He was right there. Um, but the crowd was invested in this battle royal, this Slim Jim battle royal. Uh, but they were invested because LA Knight was in it, I think. Well, who do we got? We got Tommaso Ciampa, The Miz, 
Shinsuke Nakamura, Sheamus, Santos Escobar, Otis Riddle, LA Knight, Karrion Cross, Grayson Waller, Chad Gable, and AJ Styles. Uh, Otis was pretty over. People liked Otis. AJ, when he came out, got a good pop. People love and respect AJ. AJ gets mad love from the fans, you know, which, thank fuck, he deserves it. AJ is one of the greatest of all time. Should be remembered as one of the greatest of all time, period, ever. You know, he's got to be in that conversation. Top 25 wrestlers of all time. AJ Styles on that list all day long. Um, and he gets the respect from the fans. He is a <clears throat> he's a respected vet. He, I would say he was the most over in this battle royal other than L.A. Knight, of course. Um, even more than, you know, Shinsuke or fucking Shamo or, or whoever, you know. Chad Gable, too, I guess, got a lot of love. But this was about L.A. Knight, and they did the right thing here by putting L.A. Knight over. I still think L.A. Knight probably should have got a shot at the U.S. title against... He was in there, too, right? He's not on my list here. Um, the U.S. champion. Fucking... What's his face there? Um, but... LA Knight was the man here. This was all about LA Man. They did the right LA Knight. They did the right thing. Put him over like a million bucks. Couple good teases there. Um, but in the end, LA Knight gets the win. And the crowd, that's what we needed. The crowd was the crowd needed that. The crowd would have flipped the fuck out, in all honesty, because they were it was an LA Knight crowd. LA Knight's over like motherfucking rover. Second only to Cody Rhodes, in my opinion. I know a lot of people have their, you know, their thoughts on it and that sort of thing. You know, people fucking <clears throat> think he's ripping off the rock and Stone Cold. And there is definitely a touch of that for sure. Um, but LA Knight's star. There's zero doubt about it. You know, there, his shirts were everywhere. Everybody says he's the, apparently he's the top merch seller now. It looked like it. Uh, it was his shirt and then it was the... Detroit 316, which I really, really want. Another cool one was Detroit Brock City. That was fun. Um, so there's some cool shirts going around. But LA Knight was in full effect here. And the, giving him the win, win was the thing to do. The crowd ate his shit up just like the whoa with Cody's fucking entrance theme. It was the LA Knight. Yeah. All night long, people fucking, they were hanging on his every fucking word, his every move, everything he did. He was a star. Even uh, the Slim Jim commercial with with uh, Bianca Belair and L.A. Knight and then the Macho Man. I actually really like that commercial, by the way. You got to move it forward into the modern era, so I don't mind the recasting of new wrestlers. And, you know... Uh, Bianca, eh, but uh, you know she's you know good for representation, I guess you know female and and for African American community, so I get why she would want to be in that. But L.A. Knight, perfect fit really to replace like a Macho Man as a spokesperson for that. Um, so that was cool. People, the crowd actually popped for that Slim Jim commercial. They liked that. So next we had fucking Drew McIntyre. And I could care less about Drew McIntyre. I hate him. He's probably on my top 10. Uh, someday I'm going to plan on doing like top 10 TikToks and that kind of thing. You know, at some point when I got extra time to record a bunch of them and do those as like 
content and stuff. One of my top 10 hated wrestlers is Drew McIntyre. I just don't get it. I don't get what anybody sees in him at all. But my God, the kids love this man. Not so much the grown-ups, not so much the ladies, but he was really big with kids. All the kids around me. I had a, several patches of kids. And, and it was interesting to hear what appealed to them. And, and uh, certainly L.A. Knight was big to them. Cody Rhodes was big to them. And and Drew McIntyre apparently is, is, I don't know. Gunther was I, Gunther was over with the with the grown-ups. Gunther was over with the men. Uh, I love me some Gunther. Uh, his entrance was really cool to see live, actually, too. It's uh, impressive. It's he's got a very unique presentation, and I am all for this guy just fucking staying Intercontinental Champ till he moves up and and fights like Cody next year for the WWE title or something, or becomes a world champion. Instead, that's certainly awesome, too. He could be a guy to dethrone Seth Rollins. Um, but this was a... I knew it would be like a, a meat slapper, right? You know, a fucking a banger. You know, they're going to go out there and beat the shit out of each other. I just... Uh, wish I kind of took my bathroom break then. And 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 Drew McIntyre, like I love me Gunther, and he was I, I was entertained because Gunther was in it, but I just don't care about Drew, and I, I'm actually pretty sad that Drew got a spot, uh, a highlighted spot on a SummerSlam card like this in the big stadium. Uh, they bumped Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, and I think when I bought my ticket, Trish Stratus specifically was a selling point for me. Not the selling point, but when you start to rattle off, well, Logan Paul's going to be there now. Brock's there. Cody's there. Uh, you know, Roman's shit. And then, you know, Trish Stratus. You get an opera. When, when are you going to get to see Trish Stratus? You know, so um, that was a selling point to me. So I'm pissed, actually, that that would have got bumped for like a Drew McIntyre. But Gunther obviously deserves the spot. I just think maybe a better opponent, a different opponent, or maybe not on SummerSlam for Drew McIntyre. Maybe for Payback or fucking Monday Night Raw. I don't know. I just not a Drew McIntyre guy, but hey, that's me. But I was glad to see that Gunther got the W. And that his fucking reign of terror is still continuing. But this was a big lull in the show. Both just, you know, the come down from the LA Knights and the Cody's and stuff to a guy like Drew. But also uh, just that, you know, it was hot and sweaty. And I was burning out from the blunt ski that I smoked on the way in. And I was just like, Ugh. I, it was killing me dead. And the next match did not help things. I was no more pissed about Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus getting bumped than I was with this fucking Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey match. Now, I think the only reason that they got this spot to begin with was because this is what this was Ronda's last match. Is that correct? She's asked for her release or her contracts up and she's not renewing whatever the case may be. She's getting out of there. It's weird because Ronda Rousey was such a megastar. Like, at one point, Ronda Rousey would have been a draw. At least for me, it would have been like, because she was a megastar in MMA. I think people forget that already because it was so long ago. 
she was a megastar. She was every bit the star Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is, or fucking Diaz brothers, or more, bigger. She was mainstream as fuck over that. But her star has faded so far. She's kind of just meh at best. And Shayna Baszler, you know, she's seems cool enough, but she's older and, and kind of past her prime as well, and, and nobody cares. Charisma, she doesn't have the riz, you know what I'm saying? So this match just stunk up the joint completely. And coming off of, I thought, at least for me, and I, I could tell from the crowd too, it wasn't just me, but... Uh, you know, the crowd in general was more in the Gunther and, and McIntyre than I was. Um, but this really sucked the wind out of the crowd. And it started out with just death, right? So the crowd, and I don't know how this came across on TV because I have not watched it back. I'm very excited to see how this came across on TV and, and how the announcers worked around it, what you could hear from the crowd. But here's my experience from in the crowd. Dead silence. No one cared. Zero. That old saying um, of, you know, you either want a good reaction or a bad reaction. What you don't want is no reaction. And then people kind of scoff at that like, yeah, but if you're a baby face, you want to get cheered, not booed. But th this is a perfect example of that because no reaction is really bad. This was death. And not only that, but you could see. I, I wish I would have filmed it. This was, you could see whoosh, the seats were emptying as fuck. This was the bathroom break match. This was the popcorn match. This was the time to go get your shit done because the seats, I mean, I, I want to say the whole, like a quarter of the building left during this match. I, I'm not shitting you. The, the seat rows, entire rows were empty. Completely. The aisle, everybody, it was just like the fucking people were leaving. And it was dead silent. But then the crowd got to a point where they started getting pissed. And I felt it too. Uh, as a matter of fact, I felt the urge to boo before the crowd started booing. I, was, I actually probably would have started a boo per chant. I'm not one to start chants though because you don't want to be that guy that says something and you're like the only guy that says it and that's happened to me a couple times and it's like okay i'm just gonna sit back here but boy the crowd started getting pissy with this one and you know they were silent and ignoring it and just like whatever we'll go get our popcorn we'll rest we'll play with our phone whatever and it kind of got to a point where like all right we pay a lot of money to be here this this sucks so then the crowd started kind of getting unruly and buzzing and, and booing a little bit. Boo. And then suddenly that's when the this is boring chant started. And I don't know how loud those got on camera, but I am telling you fucking everybody was chanting this is boring at these people. And we were, oh my God, our whole section was cracking the fuck up about this. We, were, Those poor ladies got destroyed by the crowd. They Hated. Even the little kids were talking about how boring the match was. And it was later on or whatever. They were like, it wasn't as bad as that girls match. Shout out to the Jim Cornette's fans, right? The girls match. Cornette always shits on the girls match. Oh, the poor girls match. The girls don't get enough time. Book the girls better. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. They laughed. Everybody laughed. Everybody booed. They actively booed. They actively said, fuck you to this match. 
They did everything but throw shit and turn around and fucking sit on their hands. Horrible. Shayna Baszler won. Nobody cared. Ronda Rousey left. She's leaving WWE. Nobody cares. On to the next. Seth Franklin Rollins taking on Finn Balor. This match was the best match on the show. In my opinion, from my perspective, from my point of view, from my seat, my angle, maybe not the most over and maybe it benefited from having a bit of a lull uh, before it. But uh, to me, this was they, they put on the best in ring product on this entire show. Cody's and Brock's was really fun for what they did, but it wasn't as good of a wrestling match. You know, Seth and Finn went out there and had, you know, like an AEW style, like a re- like an actual wrestling match as opposed to a fucking an angle that takes place in the ring, like say fucking Roman and Jey Uso did later. Which is fine, too. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying this was the best wrestling match on the show. Seth Rollins was over as fuck. And I got to tell you, Finn Balor was pretty much, too. The, you know what's over is the Judgment Day. I, I might even put Judgment Day third, but it wasn't necessarily Finn. Finn might be the weakest link because when he came out, he got a decent little... People like Finn. Like, he, he wasn't... Nobody was indifferent. People didn't dislike him or anything like that. But he was, boy, when Damian Priest came out, and it, maybe it was because of the, the possible cash-in or whatever, but the crowd got stoked. They were into Damian Priest, but they also reacted when fucking Mommy and uh, Dom jumped the rail. And they came over fucking, ooh, the crowd was, crowd popped hard for that one. They way underutilized Rhea. I don't know if she's nursing an injury or something where she's just doesn't, you know, they're trying to get through her not having to compete but not having to drop the title or something. You know, like a little fucking sprain or something that will heal in a couple. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but Rhea deserved a match on this card more than Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler did. So did Trish Stratus. I'm pissed about it. I think they both deserved. And Rhea got a huge pop. It would have been nice to see Rhea wrestle. I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen Rhea, Rhea Ripley wrestle live, especially not in her modern like beast mode that she's in now. But her and Dom got a huge pop. The, 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 the entire, uh, with the exception of Finn, like I said, people liked him. But he wasn't like over, over. I got the impression that Damian Priest and then especially Rhea Ripley and Dom were over, over with the crowd. So as a faction, that's they're they're a big time faction. They need to continue with that. I think, you know, it's interesting because I had thought early on like the Judgment Day, eh, but it kind of reminded me of the New Day, not that they're the same but when the new day first started it was kind of like eh. they were doing some stupid shit and it wasn't really working but they stuck with it and then they tried different things and then eventually it started clicking and growing on you and it taught me that in wrestling sometimes especially with factions and pairings and stuff sometimes it's it's worth giving it time if it's not working right away Instead of just going, oh, well, the crowd's shitting on that. Let's pull the trigger on, you know, splitting them up or something. Give them time. Let them get over. 
And I think that's something that has worked to the benefit of the Judgment Day now in the modern era. I think the time that they've had to be a faction has just strengthened them as a team and gotten them all over. Finn may be the weakest link, but you know I think Damian Priest is destined for big, big things. Uh, I would not rule out a WrestleMania main eventer, top of the card, world champion type guy. Uh, he might get it with that briefcase. But even if he does, it'll be like his entry-level mid-card to main event transition title run, not like his I'm the king of this shit title run, right? That's still to come, but I see that for Damian Priest. Dom has a nice fucking... He's not going to fizzle out. He's he's up and running. He can. He's found his path. He doesn't need to be the son of Rey Mysterio now. Now he can be, he's almost more Eddie-like in a lot of ways. He's more, and it could just be the mullet, but he's sleazy. He's dirtbaggy, but he's cocky, and he taunts and flaunts it a little bit. And the the use of the word mommy, and, and you know, it's very reminiscent because she's bigger and, and, and like a big femdom, you know. It's very reminiscent of Eddie with China. You know, they're really very much evoking those energies. And I think a Dominic Mysterio that's closer to Eddie in presentation, sky's the limit for that guy too. And then Rhea Ripley will obviously go down, in my opinion, as one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time as well. One of the biggest stars. She's a megastar. I don't know why she's not on this. Just look at the fucking woman. My God, does she look like she would sell fucking... All the t-shirts, fucking Funko Pops, everything. You know what I mean? Like, she's... that. That's They got something with that. So, I would put... Probably, might even put them... I mean, they were over. I don't know where I'd rank them, but... <coughs> that Dom and Rhea pop and the, and the Damian Priest pop got big reactions. Uh, Seth going over, though. Fans love Seth. People respect Seth. The singing, too, of his entrance, also something the crowd really got into. That's a huge part of the show. And the sustaining. Like, the crowd was going to... Here's the thing. When Seth, when, when the music shuts off and the crowd keeps going and Seth's just standing there, I don't know how it comes off on TV. It's like, okay, enough's enough now. You know, this is on too long. The crowd will go until Seth puts his arms down. I'm telling you right now. They were into it. They that's part of the fun is you you're acknowledging Seth. You're you're praising the crowd was not going to die out. There was no dying out. It was continuing. It was ongoing. Seth could have stood there for 5 minutes straight and the crowd would have sang that shit. It was unbelievable. It was so cool. Very cool to be a part of that, especially in a giant arena or a stadium like that. Uh, Seth was over as fuck. That match, like I said, my match of the night for sure as far as in-ring, how hard those guys worked, the reactions they were all getting, the spot with Rhea and Dom and and, and Damian. You can see the dissension kind of going there a little bit, but good shit. Very good shit. So by the time we got to Asuka and Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair, this was kind of a bad spot, that semi, that last before the main event. Because, <clears throat> frankly, like, we're tired and burnt out as a crowd. Uh, it seemed like the crowd was kind of, not that they were completely exhausted, but the tank was low. They had uh, the spoons, if you know the spoon concept, they were low on spoons. So they were saving their spoons for the main event. 
You know, when people wanted to save, you know, they wanted to have the big reactions for the main event because they knew it would require it. So I felt like people <clears throat> were kind of hanging back on this one, but not in a bad way. Not like the Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey thing. People really were into this match. I think at least from the crowd around me and I'm just going by the people's reaction. I was very in tune with the people's reactions because I, you know, it, how I think and feel about things is one thing, but how's everybody else thinking and feeling? Not the trolls, not the marks in the comments on the internet that go, oh, the whole thing's stupid. But like the people that paid the money to sit in the building and watch the show <clears throat> from up in the cheap seats, what do they think? Charlotte Flair, very much a star. She, she's her whole aura. She feels like a star when she comes in. I don't know how else to say it. You know, I think Charlotte has earned my respect over the years. She gets that kind of, oh, Charlotte wins again, LOL thing that John Cena had back in the day, or Roman had, where you almost feel like she's getting shoved down your throats. And honestly, I kind of did expect her to go over here tonight, and then it would be cashed in on her. Um <clears throat> But this was fair, too, what they did. They gave it to Bianca Belair instead. That's fine. The crowd bought the injury ankle, ankle angle for sure. Uh, there was a lot of people. Who, some people are too smart for their own good, too, and WWE plays off of that. Sometimes it, I feel like it goes over my head. Or, like, let's start over here. They did, did they do, they did the X sign right, or the referee did some sort of gesture, and then everybody ran out, the medical people from the back or whatever, and the crowd knows just enough to know that, oh, that's how, that's what they do when there's somebody's really hurt, and I always go, you know, like, I kind of cringe when I see that, you know what I mean, but like, other people buy it. So uh, people all around me were actually pretty concerned about Bianca and she got a little uh, like a clap or whatever when she was able to get back on her feet and be walked out. Um, I, you know, I, I, I bought it up until the point of because I don't know what's on camera necessarily either. I mean, I guess I could have looked up at the big screen, but it didn't seem like they were making a big spectacle out of it like it was an angle. Right. But the crowd certainly reacted to it. And uh but it was when they tried to, when when they were trying to limp her up the fucking aisle that goes, what, 50, 60 yards, half the fucking football field, half the length of the stadium. We're going to walk her up this fucking long aisle with an injured knee. They're not going to roll out a golf cart or something for her. That's when I knew it was an angle. And they were taking their sweet ass time. You know, they weren't up the aisle. You know, they were right there where Bianca could just turn around and run right back. And I don't know how much of that you're able to see on while you're watching the show, if it felt like Bianca had left the building or something, but she wasn't very far from the ring at all. And there was no way that she was limping up that fucking aisle. That thing was way too goddamn long. That was a grandiose goddamn entrance aisle, you know? Um, so uh, that's kind of when I knew that something was up there, but it was a good way, you know, especially in a triple threat. You, you always got to find those creative ways to kind of bring it down to two on two at some point, because otherwise it's a clusterfuck. Um, but the ending worked out good. I really liked the 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 mist with Asuka. Asuka's over his shit too. Charlotte came out. Charlotte has the vibe of a megastar. She's a star star. Asuka was over. Like she's a cult favorite kind of. You know, like people really like Asuka, but she's not like 
oh, we get to see Asuka, you know, as Charlotte really did kind of have an aura of you are seeing somebody important here, uh, which was fun. I actually appreciate that about Charlotte. I like Charlotte. I'm coming around to her. Um, Bianca, I'm not as sold on yet. I, I think to me, she needs to evolve. Like, I respect what Bianca has done to get to her place at this point. But it's still the, I'm on my own. And gets the laugh. La, 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 la. And it's the same shit. Like, can you get mad? Can you look mean? Can you not twirl and dance and do your, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, it's. It's old hat at this point. Let's give me, give me, let's evolve this character. Let's turn her heel. Let's cut the hair. Get rid of that fucking braid altogether. That's what you do. That's the big move. Turn her heel. Cut the braid. Give her a bad attitude. Make her meaner in her matches. This fucking hop, skippy, jumpy pandering to the crowd is getting us nowhere further. She's she needs a change. That's my opinion though, because other people seem to really like Bianca. She's you know, certainly hits a demographic that fucking that is well needed in the wrestling business. And she might they might just need to keep her in that baby face spot because they want that baby face African-American female that little girls can look up to and say, I can be that when I grow up. You know what I mean? That is important to see on your TV. And Bianca fills that niche. And I don't see anybody else really sliding in and and being that top baby face for that community. But at the same time, her act's stale, in my opinion. It's it's getting stale. And I I think a a good little heel turn, refresher, a haircut, and a bad attitude, and a mean streak is exactly how I would book her. Then you had the cash-in. You had fucking EO Sky coming down the aisle. People knew it was coming. They were ready for it. Like, this was as easy to predict as the fucking sun will come up tomorrow, I think. (laughs) I think you all knew it. We all knew that this was going to be the thing. But uh, it's still got a huge reaction. EO's over as fuck, too, by the way. So it's not a women's division problem. Fans like female wrestlers. Asuka was well-liked. She was over. Charlotte Flair was over. Fucking uh, Bianca Belair was over. Rhea Ripley was over like crazy. Women are over in WWE. It was just Ronda and Shayna that got shit on really hard. Um, now, EO Sky, man, when she cashed in, the crowd was hot for it. They knew as soon as she her music hit that that and, and Bianca was in the ring and she was injured. It was the perfect setup. Uh, that some shit was going to pop off and she got a big long celebration too after she won she was holding it up you know the crowd is really eating that shit up she actually got a very strong reaction so i think they got a hell of a little baby face in her i don't know if they're still trying to do the heel thing with damage control and bailey was very supportive bailey was on point like a motherfucker too bailey's so underrated so just even the small role that she played here uh the way she went in there and just fucking was smashing people with the like when she came in she cleared out uh charlotte and oscar with the briefcase and cleared the way for fucking it was just it was all good it was beautiful it was well done it was a well done cash in predictable doesn't matter it was well done 
the main event of the evening this got me hyped as hell by the way i was excited to see this uh i found myself kind of laughing to myself to be 100 percent honest with you because here i am here's me seth grimes sitting in a football stadium that i paid a, 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 a hefty ticket price for hefty for me because when you go to like an arena show you can get a ticket for like 40 bucks all to essentially see my tribal chief roman reigns i said it when he said SummerSlam, acknowledge me i was waiting to acknowledge my tribal chief i was this fucking man has come around. I was one of the most vocal Roman Reigns haters in existence. When they were shoving him down my throat and he had the blue eye contacts and he was suffering succotash and WrestleMania win LOL every fucking year. And boy, they just kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and it was like my god and you you knew that there was no end in sight because they had just done it with john cena for 10 years now that john cena was aging out and he had finally won the respect of everybody by the end of that but we went through 10 years of cena being shoved down our throat so now roman's the guy and he's being shoved down our throats and we know there's no end in sight because they didn't give up on Cena. So what makes us think that they're going to give up on Roman, no matter how hard he gets booed at the end of a WrestleMania when he's supposed to be a babyface? Doesn't matter. <clears throat> but that heel turn and putting him with Paul, he's in God mode. He's been in God mode. And I mean God mode. I mean he is effortless. He's in it. He is one with the Matrix. I've said this before. Roman Reigns is one with the Matrix. And the best I can explain this is just every... There is no wasted motion. He he is in absolute control. When you think you're going too slow, slow down more. Roman Reigns. He milks shit. That entrance takes a half hour for him to walk to the ring. No one cares. Because it's fucking glorious. And you're basking in Roman Reigns' glory. You know, he just slowly saunters and then he'll just stand there and he'll wait for the music cue to do the one finger up and then the pyro popping off. And the pyro was disappointing, by the way. I don't know how it came off on TV land, but the pyro in person was very uneventful. They were a little cheap, little, they looked like shit. They weren't big stadium fireworks like you would expect. Disappointing, but whatever. Roman fucking milked his big long entrance, comes out in God mode. Every single look, you can just see him, like when the crowds were, you know, just every single thing he does. He does this, just, and the whole crowd just boos him. You know what I mean? And like, just he'll, like, he gets this angry, like, side look on his face when the crowd's starting to chant for Jey Uso. Like, he's, the crowd's getting under his skin, but he he barely sell. He's so good at the subtleties of selling without trying to sell. And that's layered, okay? Because you see the guys, they'll sell and they'll go, girl, don't you, ah. and that's one way to do it, right? Like, stop, ah, yeah. 
That's one way to do it. But Roman's got a way of just going. And I'm doing it no justice. But he'll like just a just a grimace almost. But he's trying to hide it. He's trying to not let the crowd get to them or not let anybody know that the crowd's getting to him. But they're getting to him. He's so good. He's so good. He's sitting under the learning tree of Paul Heyman for focus. There we go. Sitting under the learning tree of Paul Heyman for a couple years now. And probably, you know, not only that, but being the main event, he's getting all the attention and and advice from Vince and Triple H and everybody else and their mom. He's just tapped into the Matrix. He's absolutely flawless. There's not a thing wrong that Roman Reigns does. Nothing. Uh, His matches are big angles, though. I did talk about, mention that earlier. Uh, You know, it was a match. They had a match. It was a match. It was a match. It wasn't like a great match. It wasn't like, oh, my God. But the bloodline matches have become what's the angle? What's How's this going to play out? What's the ending of this? And that's fine because it's a story, and that's why everybody's hooked, and everybody's got – that's why, you know, the ratings are there for it, and people are watching. That's what packs the fucking Ford Field. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Jay got a bit, got a lot of, got a lot of uh, love from the crowd, but he wasn't like Cody Rhodes over, and he wasn't like, <clears throat> wasn't like L.A. Knight over. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think the fans, it's not like Jay's the next big baby face. I think the fans were just heavily invested in this angle. And, um, you know, people were on the edge of their seats for this. They were absolutely into this. Like I said, I think they stayed more reserved during the the triple threat women's match just to kind of have the energy to put into this. But it was you can still tell it was kind of like, all right, what's the what's the end of this? And they went late. God, we didn't get out of there until 1230. I think it was supposed to go to like 11 or 1130. But we got out of there. It was like 12, 1230. Um long long show um but i think <sighs> i think the crowd was a little not happy about jimmy uso turning on jay <clears throat> it got a, a a heel reaction but it was i don't know i don't know that people want to see the uso split up i think that's the thing i think you don't got to break up every tag team you don't got to do brother versus brother all the time. Sometimes you can just be homies and get along, right? I don't know that we want to see the Usos. And, and maybe we'll reserve judgment. Maybe Jimmy will try to bring Jay back into the fold, you know, talk him into. But <clears throat> it feels like they're just heading to Jimmy versus Jay at payback. Which, pfft, I don't know. I, I personally don't want to see that. Maybe they'll tell the good story that's going to make people go, I have to see that. Maybe you're loving this. Maybe you're like, oh, my God, that's the next chapter of this fucking crazy, insane story. What a twist. To me, it almost comes off as twist for the sake of twist. Like, oh, how do we how do we Russo this bitch here? Oh, we'll just have Jimmy come back and turn on Jay, even though they fucking Jimmy was out with an injury angle from the bloodline. And Jay was avenging his brother. And, 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 and it was originally his brother who was... It's messy. It's messy and they got some splaining to do on SmackDown. But the storyline's been so good, I'll reserve judgment and see what Sir Jimmy Uso has to say about everything. But it 
does kind of play into what I had talked about with Cody earlier is that I think we're going to get to a point by WrestleMania where the crowds, the we're going to be ready to see Roman lose that belt. I think we're getting there now. I think it's, I don't want to say it's run its course because it's the hottest thing in wrestling, but I think by the time we get to WrestleMania, I think we'll be ready for that change. We'll be needing that change. And I think when it's Cody versus Roman too, I think the crowd will be twice as behind Cody for it. And and maybe that was by design, you know, now the, you know, they'll play it out and stretch it out and not make it boring and, and watered down and stupid by then just if they can time it to the point where the fans are ready to move on. I think they're getting there at this point because now you got Jimmy turning against Jay and it's like, well, well, come on now. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be more of a, uh, you know, the bloodline starting to unravel. And, and, you know, now that the Usos are out of it and now fucking Solo's coming for Roman spot. And thought that was the angle. Now, if you're just going to add Jimmy back into the fucking to the bloodline and only Jay's on the outs, then I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, we'll see. They've earned my trust. OK. Hey, remember when I killed that mosquito earlier in the show? That was pretty sweet, huh? Um, That's it. I mean, uh, I got to tell you. So overall thoughts, and we'll wrap this up real quick here, but just kind of put a bow on it. I had a fun time going to Detroit. Props to the city of Detroit for making at least that downtown area very fun. It was fun with the live music and People were out in the streets. Just it was it was a very vibrant area. Not just wrestling fans, but locals were out on the streets, going to the restaurants, going hopping to bars, going to whatever other events. The theater line was packed. You know, next to Mom's Spaghetti, the theater for the Fillmore. People were going out, man. It was a, it was a, out on the town Saturday night in Detroit, and it was hopping. It's hopping. So props to them. Had a great time at the show itself, Ford Field, a wonderful venue. The atmosphere of the show, the crowd was hyped as fuck. It was fun to be there. Uh, the show itself was a little meh, a little lackluster. I would have liked to have... You wanna you buy the ticket because you want to be a part of it, right? And you want to say, I was there for SummerSlam when this happened, but... I don't feel like there was any big, like, oh, my God, there was no huge surprises, no mega, you know, no John Cena surprise running, no The Rock, no uh, giant title change. I wouldn't consider EO Skies winning the fucking women's title to be that big of a deal. So it was rather uneventful. SummerSlam, to say the least, but it was a fun experience to be there nonetheless. And uh, I was happy with my experience and happy to be a part of everything that went down there. Um, And I'm excited to go back and watch the show now uh, with commentary and all the camera angles and everything. But could have been better. Wasn't the greatest show I've ever seen live. Wasn't the greatest show, obviously, I'm sure, on pay-per-view either. But cool to be there. Uh, What are your thoughts? Were you there by chance? Um, Let me know down in the comments below. Otherwise, just let me know what you thought about the show or what you thought about the review here or, you know, the in-person live perspective. And then the parking garage. My God, I don't know what the hell happened, but getting out of that parking garage, it took an hour and a half. I sat still, like didn't even move. I was stuck on the sixth floor, just fucking sitting in my car. Could have took a nap. 
Didn't get home till like five in the morning. Ah, it was miserable. But you didn't come here to hear me, bitch. You came here for the review and you got your review. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe at Seth Grimes Media, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. And of course, check out the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. I will be back next week with my regularly scheduled Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. Until then, peace, love, and pizza. I am your boy, Seth Grimes, and we'll catch you in the next review.